Mrs. Lincoln. Madam President, if you please. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today's legend earned the nickname Hellcat during her time in the White House. Her famous temper and expensive taste made her an outsider in Washington. Despite her turbulent experience, she remained steadfastly loyal to her husband and to his ultimate political triumphs. Let's talk about Mary Todd Lincoln. Mary Ann Todd was born in Lexington, Kentucky in 1818 to a wealthy slaveholding family. Her parents, Robert Smith Todd, a banker, and Elizabeth Parker, ultimately had seven children. Mary was the fourth. When Mary was six, her mother died in childbirth. Her father soon remarried, but Mary and her stepmother struggled to get along. Because of that tense relationship, Mary spent much of her youth at Madame Mentel's finishing school, where she starred in a number of theater productions. By the age of 20, she was fluent in French and was regarded as witty and gregarious. Like the rest of her family, Mary was a Whig. Beginning in the late 1830s, the Whig Party was one of two major American political parties alongside the Democrats. They believed in maintaining social order, protection of property, and the importance of preserving a distinct cultural heritage. In 1839, Mary moved to Springfield, Illinois to live with her sister, Elizabeth. Mary was popular among Springfield's elite. Despite having several suitors, she ultimately chose Abraham Lincoln, a promising lawyer and fellow Whig. The two married on November 4, 1842. The two went on to have four children. In 1850, Mary and Abe's second son, Eddie, died at the age of four from tuberculosis. In 1861, Abraham Lincoln became the 16th president of the United States. During her years as the First Lady, Mary faced a number of personal difficulties stemming from the nation's political divisions. Lincoln was considered the country's first Western president, having grown up in Illinois. Mary, meanwhile, was from a border state. Her family had owned slaves. Several of her half-brothers fought and died for the Confederacy. Despite her staunch support of emancipation, Mary was considered by many critics to be coarse and pretentious. She struggled to navigate the social responsibilities and high national intrigue that surrounded the White House during the Civil War. Mary was also often ill. She suffered from severe headaches, depression, fatigue, and mood swings. She became known for her fierce temper and public outbursts, prompting Lincoln's personal secretary to famously nickname her the Hellcat. Mary's symptoms, coupled with her bouts of excessive spending, have led some historians to suggest she may have suffered from bipolar disorder. Others have floated pernicious anemia as the cause. Regardless, daily life was not easy for Mary. In 1862, Mary's favorite son, Willie, suddenly fell ill and died at the age of 11. Mary was bedridden with grief for weeks. She couldn't bring herself to ever enter the room in which Willie died again. The president's grief took a different route. Every Tuesday, at the height of the Civil War, he sequestered himself inside that same room. On April 15, 1865, Abraham and Mary attended the comic play Our American Cousin at Ford's Theater. Just a few days before, the Civil War had essentially ended. 
Spirits were high. During the third act, Abe and Mary moved closer to one another, holding hands. What will Miss Harris think of my hanging on to you so? whispered Mary. She won't think anything about it, replied Abe, smiling. Minutes later, President Lincoln was shot in the back of the head by John Wilkes Booth. Mary accompanied her husband across the street to the Peterson house, where he was brought into a back room. President Lincoln remained in a coma for nine hours before dying the next morning. Just after 7 a.m., Mary was allowed into the room to say goodbye. As one witness described, she again seated herself by the president, kissing him and calling him every endearing name. Now a widow, Mary moved to Chicago with her two remaining sons, Robert and Tad. In 1870, the U.S. Congress gave Mary a life pension of $3,000 a year. At the time, it was unprecedented for the widows of presidents to receive such financial support. But Mary had argued fiercely for it. She insisted she deserved a pension just like any other widow of a soldier, as her husband was a fallen commander. In 1871, Mary's youngest son, Tad, died unexpectedly at the age of 18. This loss, coupled with the deaths of her husband and two other sons, threw Mary into an overpowering depression. She became obsessed with the health of her surviving child, who was now well into adulthood. Her surviving son, Robert, was a rising Chicago lawyer. Alarmed at his mother's increasingly turbulent behavior, Robert began proceedings to have Mary institutionalized. After a trial, she was committed to a private institution in Batavia, Illinois, in 1875. Following the proceedings, Mary attempted suicide. Three months into her time at Bellevue Place, Mary began planning her escape. She smuggled letters to her lawyer and his wife, a feminist lawyer in her own right. She wrote to the editor of the Chicago Sun-Times. Mary's son, Robert, now facing the threat of public embarrassment and scrutiny, relented. Mary was released into the custody of her sister, who still lived in Springfield, Illinois. In 1876, Mary was declared competent and was allowed to manage her own affairs. Mary spent the next four years of her life traveling around Europe, ultimately settling in France. But now nearing 60, Mary suffered from severe cataracts, leaving her nearly blind. In 1879, she fell from a stepladder and sustained injuries to her spinal cord. Mary returned to the U.S. to lobby for an increased pension in 1881. Despite negative press surrounding her spending habits and criticism of her handling of personal finances, Mary once again won her case. She returned to Springfield where she died a few months later, in 1882, at the age of 63. This week of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Madison Reed. Many mavericks and legends throughout history are remembered for the color of their locks. Changing my hair can give me new energy. Have you been craving change too? Before, I felt like coloring my hair at home was out of the question. Then I found Madison Reed. Madison Reed delivers salon quality hair color to your door, starting at just $22. They make it quite easy and they have a color quiz to help you figure out the right color and tone for you. Plus, their products contain ingredients that are good for your hair, not the harsh stuff. I have to say, I've never before colored my hair at home, 
So I took the Madison Reed color quiz, ordered my product, and I can't wait to see how it turns out. My order is in the mail. Get yours with 10% off. Go to madison-reed.com and use my promo code WOMANICA. You'll get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. My promo code again is WOMANICA, W-O-M-A-N-N-I-C-A. Go to madison-reed.com now to find your perfect shade. All May, we're talking about Mavericks and Legends. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. And you can follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. And thanks to all the Womaniacs out there. Check out glow.fm to support us and become part of our membership program. Talk to you tomorrow.